Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. So, first of all, did you see that Papa John TikTok? I did, Desi. It made me very distressed. I could only watch 10 seconds of it because as soon as I he opened the door to his home, I knew exactly what kind of decor was going to be in there, and I was right, and I shut it off. I didn't watch it either, and I thought maybe I could make some section of the mini about it, but it just wasn't enough information. Like, I only saw the one TikTok and it, like it wasn't more than much more than 10 seconds like it was short yeah but there was like the the whole the basis of the whole thing was um he had this huge like bald eagle sculpture that was like maybe a clock as well in the foyer yes but like literally like 15 feet tall i have no idea it's like surprise papa john's has bad taste like if you're going to be an evil wealthy person at least have good taste or at least do that like sociopathic all white stuff. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like do something like that. Like I'd prefer that the words like, wow, that person has some issues than like this gaudy, like that's the person who buys the sculptures when you're like on vacation and there's like a store on the corner that sells these massive sculptures. Right. And you're like, who buys? These? Yeah. Like who are those for? It's for Papa John. Right. So supposedly he teased his library, but I don't really care. It's probably like all of his book. or I don't even know if he has a book. <laughs> like what's in his library? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like books he bought because they're like, they look fancy. Right. And he doesn't read probably. No. Like So um, I was going to tie it around furniture stuff, but then I just couldn't find enough stuff uh, like celebrity bad like furniture. And I felt like it's such a visual but I'm going to do more weird medical treatments. Cool. So um, the first thing I'm going to talk about is um, tobacco smoke enema. Whoa. Have you ever done one of those? <laughs> just kidding. Desi, <laughs> just because I'm a smoker doesn't mean I'm that... St- I'm stupid, but I'm not that stupid. Well, these are old too. They're not really um, blowing tobacco smoke up people's rectums in this day and age. But in the late 70s, 1700s, this was a big trend. Now, this, uh, I think it started basically in London. Like, that's where it sort of originated. Um, but uh, it obviously was not a great thing. Like, people would start getting uh, issues from it. So, supposedly, it would cure things like headaches. Like their butts would cough? <laughs> Yeah. It was more the treatment, like the tube sticking it up there and then blowing the smoke. (laughs) They were supposed to basically like warm the patient from within. (laughs) Dude, put a blanket on. Can you imagine doing an enema in those days? Like it's pretty scary thinking of doing one now in like a modern setting. But imagine how like rinky, like Rick... (laughs) 
I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like just like a tube that they found <laughs> sticking it up your butthole. Because you know those tubes were not like sterile plastic. That was like a hard metal tube going up your anus. Yes. Now some of the things they would use them are on, on people who like fell into a river and would near drown. So it would like they would think that it would bring their body temperature up if they had a uh, hypothermia. Again, or- put a blanket on, take a warm <laughs> bath. <laughs> or blow tobacco smoke up their rectum, they probably thought it was more immediate. Um, So like any medical treatments back then, it's like they did it for one thing and then they're like, hey, this could work for cholera, typhoid, lots of things. Now, basically what would happen though is the, 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 the practitioner would literally breathe or blow up their ass. (laughs) This is like, does not sound scientific at all. But what happened was sometimes that they would accidentally breathe in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Because that would be me. I'd be like, fuck, I accidentally breathed in. But if they had something like cholera. They would get cholera. They would get cholera. These practitioners would like accidentally breathe in these certain diseases where you could uh, obviously like cholera is that's how it's sort of transferred. Well, to quote you from our (laughs) uh, Lizzie Borden episode, your ass has cholera. So yeah, they would basically be accidentally breathing in cholera and like whatever else is up there. That has to be the worst way to get cholera. It's a very hazardous job. (laughs) To be the practitioner that blows smoke up your ass? So anyway, obviously we all know tobacco beyond the enema fad is not great for you. So they eventually stopped using it in the early 1800s because I guess tobacco does things for you even when you're not smoking it or anyway... Uh, so yeah, that was like a pretty funny, oh, there was something else I read too, that tobacco in general or nicotine was sort of used and smoking was like prescribed as a medical treatment, like, um, in the early 20th century. And one of the ailments that it was used to treat was asthma. Oh, come on. Yeah. I love when things like, to me, it's like, even if you don't know anything about cigarette smoking, you would be like, well, it doesn't seem like a good idea to put smoke in your lungs. Right. No, on its face, it seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I read, and it's funny because I almost did this one last week, and then our friend Alan Strickland-Williams tweeted about this, so I'm going to just do it now, and that was um, cornflakes. Now, this would be a good episode. Did you ever see that movie, The Road to Wellville? It came out like a while ago, maybe 10 years ago. And it's about J.H. Kellogg, the man who created Kellogg's cereal brand. And he was a medical doctor, health activist. And he had this weird like retreat where people would go and try all these sort of, um, you know, medical treatments that weren't really, uh, maybe more like holistic type stuff. And one of his things was that, um, diet, and, and certain things that you eat, a healthy diet, would make you masturbate less. So cornflakes were part of this diet to help people masturbate less. Much like the graham crackers. Right. Because they believed back in the day that these bland foods, these fibrous bland foods that were like not sweet or salty or savory or spicy, like just very, very bland, bland foods would make you um, not horny. I mean, they're kind of unhorny foods. It's a very unhorny food, but I can make any food horny. I'll get horny, but I can see why those foods are the most unhorny. But you can add to them. Again, not a very... You got to frost those flakes. 
feel like it's not, that's just like a child would come up with that idea. I mean, it's not a medically like proven thing at all. It was just his idea. It was kind of interesting reading about how he came up with cornflakes, like how he accidentally invented them. Maybe we'll do like a food thing at some point. Um, but yeah, so cornflakes, they will make you uh, not horny. Now, another interesting thing was a treatment for syphilis, and that was called malaria uh, therapy. Basically, they would infect people with syphilis with malaria. What? To induce a fever. Supposedly, high fever would kill like temperature-sensitive syphilis bacteria. And obviously, a lot of people ended up getting malaria because <laughs> they were infected with it and dying from it. So some people did improve, but no one really knows if it was because of the malaria or they just fucking got better. But yeah, that was really weird. There were some really cool posters of it with mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are fucking freaky looking when you have them zoomed in. (laughs) (laughs) Now, another really weird treatment was to treat rheumatism. And this was invented in Australia. Basically, the cure was to sit inside a rotting whale carcass. No. Yeah. No. I'm not Geppetto. It was... (laughs) It's it's very like, first of all, you need a lot of whales washing up on shore <laughs> and rotting, right? Like who even has that? So supposedly the person had to sit inside the dead whale for 30 hours and that would relieve their joint aches for up to 12 months. Because all you can focus on is how bad it smells. I would be like, I'm just not complaining for 12 months. I never want to do this. <laughs> right. Like, what? Yeah. So I don't know why. Obviously there's no scientific evidence for this as well, but people were so desperate, they would try it. I mean, I think that's a lot of these medical things that they play up on people's desperation to feel better or to have a cure, which is always sort of sad. Now, this uh, treatment, it's sort of something I definitely heard of. Um, Do you remember this band Concrete Blonde? Yeah. Remember their album Bloodletting? Yes. (laughs) Uh, so bloodletting is obviously, <laughs> it's such a goth album title. <laughs> I don't think I even knew what it was like when I heard the title, oh, but it just I know sounded, what it was. it's just sounded so goth. It's even. disgusting. This <laughs> so, is like, this is like the most disgusting medical treatment. It's really old. It goes back to like ancient Egypt. Um, the procedure was common in medieval Europe and it was supposedly something that would treat every disease, smallpox, epilepsy, the plague. Um, it was, it was practiced throughout the 19th century as well. And sometimes they even use variations of it today. Now I'm sure it's very different. Um, so basically you're leaking the blood out of someone basically thinking like, oh, we'll get all this bad blood out of them and new blood will replenish, but you're basically draining someone. It's disgusting. I don't even want to think about it. It's so disgusting, but I've, I like heard about it. For the first time in like middle school, like being used in like medieval times. Yeah. That is disgusting. I mean, obviously you can think about how losing blood would not be good for you. Like it is how people die. (laughs) Right. Blood loss is how people die. You can have very low blood pressure. You can, I mean, there's lots of things that will happen with you. It's very dangerous. Also, how do you know you're getting the bad blood out from the good blood? I mean, when it originated, you weren't even replacing it with new no. blood. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna be faint. okay. I don't can't, do we can't it. Talk about it. So here's one. Yes, crocodile dung. <laughs> 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 getting you off of the other thing. Okay. Now, this is another ancient Egyptian uh, medical treatment. They they started getting very creative about preventing unwanted pregnancies back in the day. <laughs> 
And if your pussy smells like shit, no one will want to fuck you. And that's what happened. They would insert crocodile dung into women's pussies. I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if it's because of the smell. <laughs> um, so it wasn't, there is no like written reasons to what they thought it was doing, but maybe it is what you thought that it just made your pussy smell and your husband or whatever didn't want to fuck it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's very unhygienic. You, even though your pussy is a self-cleaning oven, (laughs) you shouldn't (laughs) shove a big crocodile shit up it. (laughs) It's not going to do that much work. It's not going to scrub off stuff. It's going to give you, it's going to give you an infection is what it's going to give you. Absolutely. Okay. On that note, let's take our ice cream break. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. And we're back. 
Okay. So I have another treatment from um, the Egyptians, from the old, you know, ancient, long time ancient, ancient Egypt. Egypt. Desi. Yes. So this is a disgusting treatment, Rachel, and it's for toothaches. What they would do is mash up dead mice and blend them with other ingredients into a paste, which was then applied to the aching tooth. <laughs> Can you imagine? If you had to have mice guts all over your teeth. And that didn't really do anything about the pain and actually caused an infection and made it worse. It would probably be a distraction because it would taste so gross. I would just be like, get the tooth out of me. I don't care about saving it. Right. At this, if that's my only option, <laughs> putting dead mouse paste on my... That sounds like a band. Dead right? mouse paste? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like their to- tooth extraction methods in the ancient world are probably were horrific. Okay. This is a really barbaric treatment. I had never heard about it. Supposedly, um, okay, there is a legitimate treatment called hemoglysectomy, which is a procedure that involves removing part of the tongue. Usually if someone has some kind of cancer in their mouth, uh, that's a necessary treatment. However, back in the 18th and 19th centuries, this type of treatment was performed in an attempt to correct someone's stutter. Where? I don't know where. Like in you America? Mean, <laughs> or I don't have like Europe and America, yes. They would literally cut people's tongue off to try to like fix any like speech and uh, you know speech problems that they had. That's horrible. Isn't that disgusting? Awful. Like how could that why would like that's what I'm always thinking like who thought of this? And then it, it's like back then you didn't even have to like prove things. Right. You'd be like let's just try <laughs> try it. There was like no procedure you had to go through. Like now I guess people think sometimes it's too much, like too much stuff we have to go through to get things um approved. But I'd rather have that than like uh let's this just kind of try shit. it. Now this one uh is wild and this one is called urine therapy. Now We've all heard about like pissing on your leg. <laughs> Sorry, pissing. <laughs> pissing in, like if you have a jellyfish sting you. Yeah, sure. And having some guy no. piss on your leg. Desi knows we've all. all we've Desi. all been tricked by that ruse. <laughs> <laughs> who, who amongst us hasn't had some man <laughs> claim they have a jellyfish bite and you just end up peeing on their leg for no good reason. And they're filming it. <laughs> Six months later, you're on the internet. Uh, well, this urine was actually used for many things to treat back in the day. Now, it was uh, this. This is going back all the way to like the ancient Rome, um, in China, India, France, like all over. Um, so there was many, many uses for urine back then, including skin protection, acne cure, strep throat. <laughs> now I just keep thinking of someone pissing out. Like in my mind, it's always coming straight from the penis. <laughs> Let me say something. I have something to say. Okay. I have a great idea for a commercial for this. Okay. In the commercial, it is coming straight from the penis. Right. But it's like, it's great for strep throat. Then just someone (laughs) getting peed on their throat. Uh, What was it? Acne. Pee on their face. Yeah, you just you yeah, pee you just on keep all going. The spots. I picture the woman with her mouth open. Yeah, like if, and you have the little um, popsicle stick, pressing the. T- <laughs> but I also picture like a, it's like a it's like a cartoon graphic, and it yes. like lights up red, right, over the throat is to show you it's inflamed, right. And one of the weirder ones is teeth whitening. Oh, so I picture like a little cup, and you dip it in like peroxide, like and brush it onto your teeth, or you just gargle it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Now, 
obviously these things are not what urine is made for and they are (laughs) (laughs) desi what is it made for uh for sex acts (laughs) um so yeah they're pretty much all discontinued and debunked now we only use piss for sex um, acts sex acts they're very popular (laughs) subcategory on Pornhub. Now we, we also use it to just pee, like we yes. get, <laughs> to get toxins out of our body, um, stuff like that. <laughs> I like that some perv was like, yeah, let me piss on your acne. And just like dousing a teenager's face. <laughs> Trust me to the parents. I have to do it straight from the penis. <laughs> A lot of, and back in the day, it was easy for pervs to get away with stuff. It's true. They just had to say it was a new medical treatment. Yeah. And people were just like, I don't want acne. Please piss on my face, doctor. <laughs> now, this is a treatment that people still do. And I've actually always been tempted by this. And Uh-oh. that is ear candling. Oh. Have you ever tried it? Here's why I won't do it is because when I read that it was a scam, that the wax you see inside the ear candle is just the wax of the candle. It doesn't it sound so satisfying though? Yes. <laughs> However, I feel like there's a more satisfying ear cleaning method that I want to do, and that's like going to a professional to have them professionally clean out your ears with one of those instruments that they put in and it like drags all the earwax out. Ooh. That doesn't sound as satisfying. No, it is because it's fucking pulling out of your ear. Do you ever I I'm and I'm gonna read about that. The thing I liked about the ear candling, first of all. It's one of those ads you always see on the side. Yes, always. Those things is like a they're holding a big candle in Doctors their ear. Doctors hate him. <laughs> yeah. Doctors don't want you to know. <laughs> it's like some blonde woman with a huge candle in her ear. I always I always used to want to try that till I found out it was a scam. Right. It doesn't work and it's just the wax from the candle that's built up in there. And it's like, yeah, that's also makes sense that it's stupid because you're literally putting a hot flame above your ear. Come on. I think the thing that sounds satisfying to me is the idea. It doesn't even make sense to me. And I don't even know anything about physics that it would suck out and suck out the wax somehow. No, I know. It just sounds like it would feel like, you know, the feeling when your ears are clogged after swimming and it finally opens up. It feels amazing. That's what I feel like air candling. But I know people who have done it and they're like, it doesn't even feel good or anything. And people have actually, one person actually died because they, they accidentally fell asleep and their house caught on fire. How do you fall asleep while you're doing that? People fall asleep weirdly. Like Like a lot of people are like, oh, I was... I fell asleep. Like I've heard of people falling asleep randomly. I don't really fall asleep like I that. I guess people fall asleep when they're driving. Or people fall asleep, I think, sometimes just having a candle lit. And it could be bad, especially if you have a cat. <laughs> oh or God. like the window curtain blows and catches the flame. Right. I mean, candles are dangerous yeah. in a way, but I love them. Now, this other thing I read about was called psychic surgery. Did you hear about this? I think this is what Andy Kaufman did. Did you see that movie with Jim Carrey? Yeah, of course. Wait, is that the thing where it's like, it's not... They're they're, not like cutting you with instruments. They're pretending. Yes. It's make-believe. And they're pulling out like a chicken organ. Now, he he went under, like went a six-week course of psychic surgery in 1984 to treat his lung cancer. I remember very clearly that scene... I do too. ...where he, he saw them... Like, he knew it was fake. Yeah. That was a really sad moment. It was a very sad moment. I remember that scene where he was like, oh, that organ that they allegedly pulled out of me 
or that cancer they allegedly pulled out of me was like already sitting in the in another bowl somewhere. Right. That's basically what it is. They're doing all this stuff on you. Their hands are bloody and they act like they're pulling some kind of cancerous uh, tissue out of you. Right. Uh, in the scene of the movie, he uh, sees that it was like whatever, a, a bucket of liver, calves livers or some yeah. kind of shit like that. Yeah. So basically the idea is that there's a surgeon who can cut open his patient using his bare hands by like tracing his hands and a wound will appear. He basically moves all this shit around and acts like he's pulling out these tumors or other infected tissue, the illness, the bad spirits and all of this kind of stuff. Um, But none of it is true. But once again, it's something that people like, obviously Andy Kaufman is desperate for a cure and he's like trying anything but it's sad because people give their money to someone like this. Um, but yeah, uh, I when I read that, it wasn't like there was that much stuff. But I just remember that Andy Kaufman moment was like so... It's like of the things in that movie, it's the thing I remember the most. Me too, because he kind of laughed at it. Well, because it was like the perfect distillation of how I would imagine someone who is dark and funny would be in that moment. Same. Like, it's funny. Yeah. But like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Well, but it's it, sad too. It was, it was a tragic moment, but he saw the humor in it. But he also saw how like pathetic it was. Yeah, it was like all of those feelings that I just really related to. Yeah. Now we do have a few more ghost stories, so I'm going to get into this one from Nina. Uh, Nina wrote to us, and she said that she was um, she's German, but she used to live in London in the early 2000s. In 2004, she was staying in. Um, an apartment in Hackney for a few days. She was house sitting for a friend who lived nearby. Um, They were hanging out one night and it got pretty late. For some reason, she said that she was going to go back to her um, house sitting house to sleep there. It was 3 a.m. in the morning and she was walking through Millfields Park. She was very aware, like to look around her and keep her eyes open. Um, She's walking through the park. Um, She's walking down a street by the park after she leaves and she hears footsteps behind her. She says, I turned around, but there was nothing. I kept walking and I hear them again. It sounded like high heels, sometimes louder and more muffled when I crossed the street. I looked around again, but I was totally alone. I tried to ignore the footsteps, but they were closer and closer. So I stopped to compose myself and ask what it could be. She's like, no drugs were involved this evening. Then I got goosebumps rushing up and down my body as if I had touched a strong electrical current. This is a ghost. The thought hit me hard. More goosebumps. I stood there and thought about what to do. What I really needed was someone to get me home safe, so I asked the ghost to escort me home and then walked on. The high heels followed me to the next big crossing where I could feel that their territory ended, but she hanged on. I could feel her fighting to stay with me like I was pulling a balloon in a windy weather. I got to the house and stood there not sure what to do, so I thanked her and got strong goosebumps rushing up and down again. I ran into the house and poured a double shot. I told my friends the next day, and they thought she might have been an East End uh, sex worker who probably got murdered. <gasps> Isn't Ooh, that creepy? yeah. It's like almost like she was like not going to help. Like It was like a... Something else. And then when she asked for help, the woman helped her. Yeah. That was creepy. Yeah. Like the heels too, to hear heels and then not see anyone. Right. Is really scary. Wow. Good story. Yeah. This is another good story. And this one is from Heather. She used to work into a radio station at a radio station. Uh, she was an on-air personality and um, she also says that she's a ghost hunter. What? So she <laughs> worked at the station for about two months. And she informed a coworker how creepy her office was. 
Um, I was in the newsroom, which was a small studio with a glass window overlooking our main studio. I'd be working away and catch a glimpse of movement out the corner of my eyes at time. I always felt I was being watched. My coworker told me the original station's owner had lost his son in a freak accident. Ronnie, the son, went into a room where the transmitter was located and attempted to make a repair. His wedding ring caught caused him to be electrocuted when it hit a live wire or something like that. That's how the son died? Yeah. He died literally five feet from the office newsroom door. Over the five years I was employed there, I had many experiences and other employees also would hear footsteps on the stairs all day and night, lights flickering on and off, sounds of people moving furniture, whispers, items being moved around, etc. My desk would often be rearranged, papers would be missing and things were moved. My son, who was seven at the time, told me he saw a man in black one evening when I had had him there after hours. This was the same evening after he saw the man in black. I was placing a few drinks drinks in the break room refrigerator when I heard an unnatural growling sound coming from a nearby closet. I questioned him about the man, but my son simply pointed to the hallway. Um, so he, she basically left after that. Once I was in the bathroom hearing a loud commotion in the hallway, when I walked out, an office chair had been pushed to the end of the hallway where I had heard the growling. I was alone in the building. One night, my husband and I had sex in the office, and I got, he got super creeped out saying he felt like someone was watching us. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but that, this office sex, that's hot. The, she said, yes, it was hot. Oh. Maybe she, but maybe the ghost was horny? I don't know. Like, it's kind of creepy that the ghost is watching them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hot. But yeah, the ghost definitely add, added an um, element that's not that hot. Right. I mean, I guess it could be if you knew. Where, if he got consent. <laughs> if the ghost got consent The ghost first. needed to ask permission first so you wouldn't feel creepy. Yeah. Right? She said, but the freakiest thing to happen was when my morning show co-host and I were alone all day in the building together. I kept hearing someone walking up and down the stairs, a file cabinet opening and closing behind me, random banging. My co-host stepped out of our production studio to ask me, what are you doing? I said I wasn't making the noises and I had heard the same sounds. It continued for like three or four more hours. Finally, I told him we had to figure it out. We carefully walked up the stairs. Immediately, we could feel the increase in heat. The temperature changed rapidly. The AC was running in the building, but the upstairs felt like a steam room. There was electrical type of energy radiating from the walls. I could feel static if I placed my hand six inches away from the wall. It was the strangest thing I've ever experienced. Um, so yeah, the seventh, and then the second they stepped out of that, that area, um, the energy and heat completely had stopped. Whoa. So it was like you could go back and forth and it would right. be cold and like something else. So she felt very freaked out. She said she was leaving that building um, a, a week later. Uh, and as she was pulling out of the parking lot, she saw the figure of a dark, <gasps> a dark figure of a person staring from one of the upstairs windows down at her as oh. she was leaving in her car. And she was the only person in the building. So, yeah, I mean, she said she saw that figure like three times at, at different early in the morning. Um, and there was no way it could have been anyone because it would have, there was like security to get in the building and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's her ghost stories. There is something so scary about seeing something up in a high window, like seeing a yes. figure. Like that terrifies me. Especially like if it was in your house or something. Well, yeah, that would be even more, <laughs> that would Like really where you suck. actually knew no one was there. Right. Like right. that would be like, well, that happened in, what were we talking about? Oh, um, the hauntings we talked about uh, for Grace Brown, yeah. where the employees would look up and see the figure or a dark figure. Uh, yeah, it's so scary. So yeah, those are our ghost stories. Good ones. Um, 
I have one, but I'll leave it for you for next week. Um, so yeah. Do you have any recommendations? Well, I did watch a movie this week called The Lodge. Oh, I heard about that. It's from the same people who did Goodnight Mommy, which if you haven't seen Goodnight Mommy and you like horror movies, I recommend that one. It's a German film. If you love horror movies that are just filled with uh, dread, it is like a slow burn, dread, dread, dreadful film. Okay. It's fucking great. I What's love- it on? Goodnight Mommy? Um, I don't know. Just... Oh. Okay. Search. For, I don't know. I saw it a long time ago. I saw it when it came out. Oh, okay. But, um, but what's The Lodge on, I meant? The Lodge is on Hulu. And okay. it's from the same directors. And The Lodge is also a slow burn. And I, I liked it. I think I like Goodnight Mommy better, but I did like The Lodge. Goodnight Mommy. I think you would like Goodnight Mommy. <laughs> yeah. But you can't look at your phone while you watch it because it has subtitles. Oh. But it's good. Is it foreign? It's German. Oh, it's German. It's okay. really fucked up. It's twisted. Okay. I think you would like it because okay. it just makes you feel you're like it makes you feel disgusting the whole time you're watching it and you don't quite know why you feel disgusting. It's so creepy. Okay. It's really good. Um and the lodge kind of has a similar vibe to it. Like it's just like it's very eerie. It's okay. a v- slow burn. Um Riley Keough is the star of the oh, lodge. Oh, yeah. So I liked it. It was good. Um Oh, I went on like a Planet of the Apes binge this week too. Okay. So like I watched all the like prequel re- reboots, yeah. like the modern ones that came out. Oh, the modern ones. Yeah, I watched first I watched Rise of Planet of the Apes, then I watched Dawn of Planet of the Apes, then I watched War of Planet of the Apes, and then we watched the original Planet of the Apes. I've only seen the originals. The originals like, are so them. good. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're gonna watch like all the sequels to the originals this week. I don't know why. I've just been like <laughs> Wait, I don't know what's going on with me. I really I actually watched some really dumb movies this past week too. I just realized. I watched Jurassic World. Oh, I liked that. I saw that in the theater. I was like I thought it was fine too, but it was so, fine. someone was the other day like tell me the worst movies. Someone was asking for the worst movie recommendations. Like I want to watch really bad movies. And one person was like definitely Jurassic World. That's come on. And I had just seen it and I was like, "Look, it's clearly whatever it is. It's like a popcorn movie, but it was entertaining. Like I wouldn't even put it on close to one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Even close to one of the worst movies. But I wonder if there's something with, it made me wonder is like, is there something in the fandom, like the dinosaur (laughs) fandom where that was like an unacceptable movie? Like I have no idea. I don't follow those kind of like inside scandal things. We're talking about the most recent one. I mean, I think there's two. There's Jurassic World, and then I watched the other one. There was like a second Jurassic... Chris, oh, I didn't watch the second one. Um, we're talking about the Chris Pratt Jurassic World. The, f- the one that just came out like four years ago. Yes. Yeah. Because the one that the fandom hates, I think, is The Lost World. Jurassic World, The Lost... Jurassic Park, That's The like Lost That's like the third World. one, which I saw. I watched all of them. I've, I've watched every Jurassic Park movie now, except there's one more I haven't watched. I'm going to, though. Because I saw... The, I mean, I saw the first one when it came out. Jurassic yeah. Park. Then there's, I love that. There's like, there's like a second one. Yeah. And then there's a third one. Because one of those sequels from the 90s people hate. I think it might be the... I don't know. Because the two and three are both kind of not great, but they're still watchable. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm not like a movie snob. Like, no, me either. If it's remotely, like, I think our friend Seth asked the other day, like, what, what is it when you say something is watchable? 
And I say, I said to him, I was like, for me, that's usually someone saying, did you like Jurassic World? And I'd say, yeah, it was watchable. It's not like a movie I'm like, this is one of my favorites. It's not like a movie I feel comfortable necessarily recommending as good, but it's perfectly fine for what it is. Like, it's watchable. It keeps you entertained for two hours. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I mean when I say watchable. Like, it's fine. And I'm happy. I would never say, you have to see Jurassic World. Cause it's like, if you don't want to watch that movie, I have zero investment in it. Like, right. uh, So yeah, I watched those movies. And I thought they were fine. I don't know. But the, the, the big recommendation I want to watch, and everyone probably already knows about it, but I finally have caught up, is um, the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. I feel like even if you're not into basketball or even if you're not into sports, it's like a fascinating profile of a man who is literally... Uh, I was talking to Rachel a little bit about this. He is like singularly obsessed with competition and being the best, but in a way that's almost not attractive. And it's like interesting to see this person who we all kind of grew up with as being like this good guy. You want to be like Mike, <laughs> like this guy who always just seemed like the most whatever. And he has like this dark side to him, which is, I mean, obviously it was just the image he was selling to us or, or they were selling to us, but it's interesting to see this other side of him where he's like so petty and competitive and doesn't even know enough to like soften it. He's just as blatantly like really petty, <laughs> which is like fascinating to watch when a public figure lets themselves kind of look ugly or bad like that. Like he still holds grudges from like 30 years ago from like his high school, like someone who said something mean to him in high school one time. And it's like, you're a fucking, I don't even know if you're a billionaire, you're close probably. Who cares what some idiot in high school, like you won already. You fucking won. Like, do you know what I mean? Like when someone already won and they still have these petty grudges, it's kind of like. It makes you human too. I think it makes you human, but usually people hide it. They're like, they'll say it to their friends or they'll, Michael Jordan could say it in a DM (laughs) with his closest friends. But to be in this documentary about your final year in the league and to let those petty moments out, it's just was, it's interesting to me. I think it's really interesting. And it's like a lot of 90s uh, nostalgia in it. Like you'll see Jerry Seinfeld like showing up backstage. Um, So there's like celebrities from that era that just make it interesting. Um, And like the Olympics, the dream team just uh, and then he has people like, you know, other players are in the documentary as well. It's just really interesting, even if you're not a sports fan or a basketball fan. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So what we eat? Well, should we start off with what we just ate? Yeah, we. I mean, as Rachel mentioned, we were taking an we took an ice cream break. We took two ice cream breaks, but we only mentioned one. <laughs> the first ice cream break was okay. I was in the grocery store and I was in the ice cream department department aisle yeah. <laughs> it's section. The ice department. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Where's your ice cream department? <laughs> I was in the ice cream aisle, and I saw in those pink containers Baskin-Robbins ice cream, and lo and behold, they had both Jamocha Almond Fudge 
and daiquiri ice. Yeah. Now, we've mentioned before on a previous mini-sode that those were two of our go-to flavors <laughs> as children growing up. Yes. Personally, my mom should have saw it coming a mile away that I would grow up to be an alcoholic because I would order daiquiri ice so much. Yeah. And that I would be a hoe. <laughs> and that Desi would just be trash. Florida trash. It makes sense you would order that. Uh, so I bought them and I saved them until Desi came so we could have a taste test to see if they stood the test of time. Here's the verdict. Jamocha almond fudge. Better than I remember. I really like the almonds. I feel like the almonds got bigger. Yeah. Because I don't remember them being as whole. They I felt tasted like they more were, adult. Yeah. So I thought it was good. I thought it was good. And plus, we, you have to, I, like, we let it sit out for 10 minutes. Right. So it was like the perfect texture. Mm-hmm. Daiquiri ice, we were floored at how different it tasted than we remembered. It's not as good. It's not as tart. Uh, I feel like. It's too pale of a color. I feel like it was a little more aquamarine when I was And the a kid. flavor was not as as vibrant. Yeah. Like I mean it was always really icy and like sheer tasting. But I feel like it used to be even more icy. This felt like a little creamier or something. It was wrong. But then I looked at the ingredients and I thought it was going to be like all these like chemicals in it and it was surprisingly a pretty bare list of ingredients. I just feel like the sugar ratio is so off. It's too much sugar. It tasted like sugar. I was so disappointed. Yeah, that one was a huge disappointment. And I don't I believe our memory is correct. Yeah. I mean, Even though I don't think it's a flavor I would like, I do like an icy like citrus sorbet, like a lemony or a lime sorbet I've had before. Yeah. And it's tart usually. You want it to be fucking sour. I mean, I feel like if there's one thing, okay, if there's two things Desi and I can remember from childhood, it's <laughs> trauma and it's flavors of food. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said this the other day or the other week, I feel like certain that they changed the res- the recipe for Milano cookies. <laughs> like I'm a thousand percent sure. <laughs> what do you think they changed? It's not the same. Look, I used to not be able to stop eating Milano's and this time <laughs> and now I could, I had to force myself to finish one. Oh, Desi. <laughs> They, I don't know what changed. Are though. they not as crispy? Are they like dry? Yes, the cookie is different. Mm. It doesn't taste like it used to be. It's kind of like a drier cookie and buttery. And this one, it just the texture was off, it's and the flavor. Like I don't like overly sweet things. Yeah, like I'm not an overly sweet dessert person. And I would say these didn't have enough sugar in them. Like they yeah. were too. It was like too unsweet. Like right. I, I, I can't tell you. There's something off about them. <laughs> I think I tweeted something and it was like right when the quarantine started. And I was like, I know we have bigger, <laughs> it's like quarantine, me calling Pepperidge Farm. Um, hello. <laughs> Did you guys change the Milano recipe? Here's the thing. I hadn't had them in a while, but you know, every once in a while you're like, I want to get a fucking Milano. Yeah. Like I like those Pepperidge Farm cookies. Like some of them are really good. Like I like the Milano. I like the Brussels one, the little circle that's like crispy butter with like a chocolate in the middle. Yeah. Now who knows? Uh, Who the hell knows? Trade. I look, I'm a hundred percent certain if you work at Pepperidge Farm, please (laughs) write us 
at the show. You know what? Tell me the secret. I know you fucking changed the Milano. I'm dead serious. I'm 100% certain that this cookie recipe is different. (laughs) I used to eat those like late at night with my friend Lauren all the time when we were kids. Like she always had those in her house. So we would always, that was like one of our go-to things. We would like sneak down to the kitchen at midnight and like eat cookies. And you'd like slip in your fingers and they're the paper yeah would be empty and you'd have to dig underneath not, to get like the other one not a good snack to get when you're trying to be quiet but no we always went because you had Milano's. to you're trying to get them out and they have that fucking like cupcake paper yeah separated. it's a very roughly noisy dessert yeah yeah but we liked them they're good yeah no i was so one time we spilled a whole bag of them in fact like i don't know if i want them again that's how disappointing they were. Very disappointing. Yeah. I so, hope someone who works at Pepperidge Farm writes into the show and sends you like a case of mint Milano. Were they mint Milanos really, or Milanos? No, they were regular. Yeah. I do like mint, yeah. but these were just regular. But I had regular before too. Yeah. Now, uh, I would love to go on a tour of the Pepperidge Farm factory. Me too. I'd like to go to Pepperidge Farm. Me too. I would like to be buried there. <laughs> Okay, I'm burying you at Pepperidge Farm, Debbie. And you know what? And you're sprinkle gonna... my ashes at Hidden Valley Ranch. And at your funeral, we're gonna throw goldfish in the air. We're gonna throw oh, goldfish crackers. Goldfish still are just as good. So I will get Pepperidge Farm well, credit for that. I'm a goldfish fan. I like goldfish crackers. I like the Parmesan. The Parmesan ones are better. They're they're superior. To, to the, the cheddar. cheddar. And the pretzel ones are even better than both of those. Oh, I don't know if I... I mean, I've had them. I like the Parmesan one. It's not like something I buy, but if they're around, I'm like, oh, I'll have a oh, little Parmesan. Oh, if they're Parmesan. around, I'll eat a whole yeah. fucking bag. Don't get I found wrong. something I'm like, I have to get Parmesan. That's... I save that. I reserve that love for Doritos. That's my all-timer, yeah. uh, like, shitty chip kind of <sighs> cracker snack. Love a Dorito. Doritos are amazing. And I only like... I do like one of the new flavors. Really? What is it? Salsa Verde. Yeah. It's really good. He gets that sometimes. Oh. He does. I got it one time because our friend Miles told said it was like the best and I immediately went to Target. Or <laughs> <laughs> I had to go to Target and I was like, I have to get them. <laughs> I have to try them. And they were good. So yeah. I was like, fuck. Because sometimes new flavors, they're just not as good as the original. You know what? I'm a sour cream and cheddar girl. Oh, I like that. Like I like a Ruffles sour cream and cheddar. Those are good. Yeah. We were talking about uh, uh, Pringles the other day. Love Pringles. I haven't had those in a really long time. They're sour cream and onion Pringles, right? Sour cream and onion Pringles. I ate so many of those in the mid-90s. That fucking powder, sucking that powder off. (laughs) (laughs) You know what else I sucked off then? (laughs) Uh, How much time do we have? Hey, There's a lot of things I sucked the powder off of. Look, I'm talking. This is a story about when I was ten. Okay, sorry. I'm talking about the. <laughs> well, for me. <laughs> okay, go. The, the the um salt and vinegar lays. Ooh, I really liked those when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, I was like a big proponent of sucking all the flavor off of a chip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let it like evaporate in my mouth. Like, I don't know. When I was a kid, both my parents were hippies, so like I wasn't allowed to have any of the good food at my house. It like, was like savoring it. It was like I'm gonna make it last as long as possible. No, like, but like I would go to the store, like my friend's house, and like a fucking junkie, I would just get all of the like good chips right. and stuff. Because at my house it was like locally fucking made chips by somebody. <laughs> 
<laughs> locally sourced chips. Yeah, it was like someone's mom made them or my mom uh, made them, which like, thank you, mom. I love you. Uh, thank good, you, dad. But, come on. but when you're a kid, you want something that's neon orange. Yeah, with powder, on, flavor powder. On. <laughs> yeah, want some flavor I wanted powder. flavor powder on my <laughs> food products. Um, yeah, so I like... I feel like we should do a nostalgia food show. Yeah, let's do it. Where we talk about, like, go through all the foods we want back. Oh my God. To, yeah. And, like, do, like, a whole. Yeah. Because, top 10. like, I, like, people have made, like, lists like that before. Like, and, like, I always see the same things listed, but there's rare, like, there are some, like, off the wall obscure things that, like, I want back that no one ever talks about. Yeah. First of all, I have to say, this is my one petty thing. I feel like I was the first person to talk about, uh, Vianetta about wanting Vianetta back and now like a lot of people agree that we should get it back so I feel like there's a movement happening I didn't start well, it well the fact that they still make it there's no reason they can't put it in they the US they still make it bring it back to America we need it now more than ever you already have it in other countries yeah. just fucking bring it back here right it's not like it's gone completely you still have the recipe but I feel like there's enough demand for it like because yeah. I really thought like for a while like that me and Chris Tognati were the only two people on the face of the earth who wanted Vianetta back. And then I remember yeah. like you wanted it back. Yeah. And then like, I saw some viral tweets about it from like people like my age. And I was like, Oh, so like people want Vianetta back. I at replied Briars and I said, can you please like, please bring Vianetta ice cream cake back. And you know what they said to me? They said, hi, Rachel, we have a lot of other great uh, ice cream products. You might want to check out. I said, no, you don't. You don't have any. I don't want. There's plenty of great ice cream products out there. You guys made Vianetta. That you stay in your lane. That was your fucking great ice cream. That was your one thing that was different. Yeah. I don't want your ice cream chocolate covered ice cream bars. I'll get Hagen Dazs. Right. Make you bring the thing that you did good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was (laughs) exactly exactly. And also bonbons. Oh my god, Rondos slash bonbons. The bonbons. The bonbons. Here is ice cream. And I don't want dibs. Don't fucking no. come at me they with come dibs. They come in a pint. The pint. The same ice cream pint, but it's bonbons. Because the thing about the bonbons versus they try to like scam me with oh get Nestle dibs. No, because that's covered with shit all over them, and they're teeny tiny, and yeah. they dissolve in your mouth. Bonbons was the perfect size. It was like a big. It was a. What's the size? What do you think? It's like the size of like... It's smaller um, than a golf ball. Yeah. It's It's a ping pong ball. It's like a ping pong ball. But oval, like flat and then rounded. It's like a tit. It's like a chocolate covered (laughs) ice cream Amazing. They were so good. Perfect ratio. Perfect ratio of ice cream to coating. Dove also made a version of them called Rondos. And those were a little more cylindrical, but the same proportion of ice cream. Right. Equally good. But I love bonbons. That's a word I always want to be like, because that was a food I think I saw as a kid, like in, in fancy movies. That's a fancy food. Yeah. And I was like, bonbons? Like, we could have bonbons? Well, it's like <laughs> something your mom says to you. Oh, you wish you were sitting around eating bonbons all day. Right. It's like an oldie timey, like penny whistles and moon pies and bonbons. <laughs> like, it's just something you wanted. And then when they had them and they were ice cream, I didn't even know they were ice cream. I thought they were They're just like so chocolate. Good. So yes, I think I may have mentioned this before, but the person I babysat for, we used to always have bonbons. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. And I would always eat all of them but leave one. That's the worst <laughs> thing you've ever did. Okay. But in my head, I was like, 
thought I was being nice. No, that's <laughs> even worse than eating the whole box. But the thing was, I couldn't stop eating them. I know, Desi. And I got to that point where I was just like, I can't eat them all, but I already did eat them all. It was so awful. It was my worst That's behavior. That's the worst thing you've ever done in your life. I don't even know your whole... How sad would it be to open up a bonbon <laughs> container and, there's and have one, one bonbon? And it's covered in ice. She, I should have just eaten them all. You should have eaten them all. And then that container in the bottom of the garbage and they didn't see. Or burned it in the yard. Yeah, so they just thought like, I don't know, I thought we bought bonbons. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine your babysitter always eating all your bonbons? Dude. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my, did you make anything? That's so this tragic. Week? I did. I made. Um, what did I make? I made a bunch of salads. Does he launch going- food? Blog. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, so I watched my food book. <laughs> so a lot of people followed me. Thank you. That's really sweet. I'm gonna post more stuff, but I think it's salad season. So I'm in like a salad mode. I think it's salad season. It's salad season, guys. <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> Wait, what's the name of your food blog? Trader Hoes, H-O-E-Z. So you can find no, that. H-O-E-Z. Oh, H-O-E-Z. <laughs> Jesus, I'm the worst marketer. And then, so you can follow it on Instagram. I think it's Trader Hoes blog. And then there's a website. But just follow it on Instagram and you'll get the recipes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not a serious uh, food blogger. It's just for fun. Yeah, you're not Allison Roman, Desi. You oh, never will be. No. I'm not doing any interviews. <laughs> I'm not dunking on Chrissy Teigen ever. Forget it. It's not worth it. <laughs> I made rice pudding last night. Oh, yeah. With Arborio rice, which right. is a great tip because it's very creamy because that's what you use to make risotto. Yes. I was just thinking about risotto the other day. Risotto is so good. But it's like not in right now, right? No, it's not. But I feel like it was for a while. Well, risotto is very 90s. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think risotto is delicious. I think it should have a comeback. I'm going to make a risotto, I think. I love making risotto. It's very slow and it's very. It's also not as hard as I think people think it is. It's really not. It's just that you have to monitor it. You can't walk away. Yeah. And you kind of can. It's not like you. I remember the first time I made it, I was like, I have to be watching it every second. Right. (laughs) But it's like, you just have to be there. Because you, you have to start a lot, it. but I like cook. I like cooking like that because I'm only. It's like I like. It's doing, twenty minutes. Like it's not a long time. I just like cooking projects where I'm solely focusing on the task at hand for an hour or however long I'm cooking something for. I like being focused and zoned in on my. Yeah, cooking. I love. I'm gonna make risotto. It's so, so good. I made Ina Garten's recipe, except I used arborio rice instead of jasmine rice. Or basmati rice. Did she ask for basmati? She asked for basmati rice, but I said, I'm going to use arborio rice. Right. Highly recommend it. But I did Ina Garten's rum raisin risotto without the rum. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, her rum, she always adds a splash of booze. And uh, literally all of her desserts have a splash of booze in them. You know she's just like smirking. And she's she's in her, when she does the performance, she's like, and just throw a little dash of bourbon. She's always and she like it. does a hu- does a huge glub like, like always a glug of yeah. bourbon or something. But I always whenever I do her recipes, I just omit the alcohol. But it was delicious. Uh, highly recommend that raisin risotto. Re- I mean raisin rum rice pudding yeah. recipe. It was really good. Oh, I've never made rice pudding that I enjoyed as much as tasty 
the one in the top. <laughs> oh, I love that brand. I, I want to make that. Cozy ex- Shack. Cozy Shack, right. I want to make that exact kind of rice pudding. That's right. the best rice pudding. It's really good. It's like rice pudding I've made is obviously good, but it's like I, I want that Cozy Shack. Well, you know what I did is in Ina's recipe, there's an egg in it, so it has more of a pudding Usually flavor. rice puddings I've made are more loose. This was Do you know what I mean? Pudding-y. Like, yeah. Okay. This was pudding. I'll try it. It was good. Um, uh, I cooked something else this week, but I forgot. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, the exciting thing is the Baskin Robbins taste test. That was really the highlight of our food week, and we learned some stuff. And I do want to make the mock apple pie still. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll do that soon. Yeah. Okay, okay. cool. All bye. right. Bye.